0: Of all of mankind, written by underscore sky underscore underscore. More requires intelligence, that much is obvious. You can't just have the fastest ships, heaviest firebar, largest industry, and believe those alone will bring forth victory. In truth, there is no technological substitute when it comes to both tactical and strategical reasoning. That is why my race, the Grizzles, rose to power. It was never our technological superiority or brute force which won us the day, but rather our wits, unorthodox tactics, and clear strategic objectives. That was until we met humans. In hindsight, we did have the right picture about them. We knew what we were getting ourselves into. A conflict with a species which can't possibly be defeated in interstellar engagement. That much was proven when two regional galactic powers, which we held at bay with the admiral diplomatic skills of our strategists, suddenly got crushed. Their grand fleets obliterated in a decisive battle. The battle won not by tactical brilliance, but by brute force of technology and industrial capacity. The war was still going on, but the mankind's victory was all but assured. In a meager 13 years, they had brought down empires forged in aeons. Thus, we decided that the humans had to be dealt with, utterly defeated, the danger they represented exterminated. After all, their species seemed unable to broker any major peaceful deal with another race. Cultural differences like ownership over other sapiens or lack of individual rights always being too much of a problem for them. Truly an unpractical approach to diplomacy what was the reason why they were engaged in constant warfare ever since they left their planet but a string of initial lucky victories transformed them into a local power and with the last major war of theirs soon to end they would rise to absolutely dominate their part of the galaxy completely unchallenged while we were able to easily subdue many others without diplomatic or staggering economical prowess the Reign as true power whilst others wasted their resources in conflicts. It was obvious such approach would not work against the humans who were now drunk of their victory. This time we required strictly military approach, even more so considering the main brunt of the humans' force was still busy with mopping up the remnants of the last war's resistance. We had a brief time window. However, instead of fighting their fleet which was objectively truly superior, we decided to turn this into a ground war, a grueling war of attrition. They would be forced to invade every planet, moon, or megastructure. Their reasoning being that the humans barely had any ground forces on their own to speak of, investing everything they had in their fleet. Then, on the surface of planetary bodies, they would have to fight against our warrior caste, the elite of the galaxy. Legions, which swept aside anything ever thrown at them. Executing this, however, required initial high-risk attacks. Trillions of Planet 4-class vessels attacking at the same time, most of them without any fleet escort. We simply could not afford to try and protect them all. Many would be sacrificed. That was the initial thinking on our part launching simultaneous invasions of countless worlds, capturing as many planets as possible, by surprise, with the civilian population as intact as possible. Thus, we would be able to use them as a living shield. No human, even less their AIs, would class a planet with millions or billions of their own still there. That was the human weakness, the flaw that we would abuse to the extreme. Carefully, we went over every single detail, optimized our tactical approach, synchronized our strategic objectives for the myriad of possible scenarios. It was a mother of all plans, the military operation whose complexity was unrivaled in the known history. A harsh task for our armed forces, but planning makes perfect. Naturally, we tried to improve our odds in every way possible. Alternative methods were carefully employed. Then, out of nowhere, everything started falling into the right spots for us. One by one, our unorthodox way of warfare started paying its dividend. Firstly, our own cyber warfare division in particular performed spectacular. They secured pre-hacked servers and terminals all over the human space. Every part of their virtual world is now exposed to us as the physical one to our mega-satellites. Following such a major success, our intelligence-gathering personnel had unprecedented freedom of movement, the level of infiltration they managed to achieve, foregoing documents, codes, etc. Humans might have had a mighty fleet planet wrecking battleships' carriers capable of swarming entire systems, but that made them overconfident. When we struck, it would all be for nothing useless. However, despite the brilliance of our cyber warfare and intelligence gathering elements, which have broken all known records of efficiency during their preparations for the upcoming war, it was our economic warfare committee which blew everything away. Under the pretense of peaceful trade, they arranged the level of surprise for our side which skyrocketed our estimates for the war's end. At first, we expected it would take dozens of years, at the very least before we might be able to bring humans to negotiations table. They were already severely exhausted economically by their current conflict, thus a true war of attrition should have been out of their capacity. Ten years would likely be enough time to fully subdue them, We reasoned like that. Suddenly, that figure turned into barely three months, as by a stroke of genius, one of our economic warfare AIs was able to strike a trade deal by which we would be able to transfer, smuggle trillions upon trillions of our soldiers on enemy planets as if they were nothing more than merchandise. The fact that humans did not support slavery under the circumstances only spoke volumes about the level of success we witnessed on our own part. Mostly because we, like many other races, did not practice slavery. But still, labeling them as merchandise was tricky, and we were not sure it would work. Transferring our own biological individuals over their space as if they were raw resource. Brilliant. Brilliant. By now, the elemental surprise was on our side to the extreme that we could hardly believe. Our invasion fleet would steamroll through the human space under the pretense of being civilian shipping, striking every single of their planets simultaneously before they could attract their fleet in a meaningful way. To make it even more absurd, some of our ships would actually be escorted and protected by the human fleet as their own species actually had problems with piracy on their own space, something practically unheard of in our far more disciplined civilization. Then, they even offered us their very own civilian ships to carry our troops. You can thus imagine how astronomical level of performance we were able to accomplish in unorthodox warfare. But it happened. When we finally launched our magnum opus of warfare... When on the signal all our ships launched, when our warrior cars marched out of their transports, when they first stepped on the enemy's soil, it was a crushing success. Above our every expectation, three days. It took only three days for us to capture every single one of their planets. Anyway, from millions up to billions of our warrior cars could be found on their world at any given time. In one synchronized assault, infiltration really, the enemy, which completely relied on their admittedly superior fleet power, now found itself unable to resist. All struck by what happened, it took their leaders a few more days to come up with the terms with their defeat and call us for negotiations. "'stating the urgency of the situation. "'Expectedly, our own troops, perfectly disciplined, "'performed their best to keep our advantage, "'our living shield, functional, "'not being idiots to incite our rest. "'We were pragmatic like that, "'not killing any who collaborated with us. "'In instance, it was a perfect, flawless victory. "'Now to the hundreds of trillions of our soldiers, "'a minuscule number died during the invasion.' The human losses were also low in that regard. Without standing ground military, they saw no point in resisting. From the moment our soldiers presented themselves and explained that they were to occupy this place in the name of the crisis Imperium, nobody dared to resist. They offered thus the cooperation fully. Everything we asked for, we were immediately given by the locals be it food for our troops, or access to the buildings which were deemed to be of strategic importance, or even the use of their own police forces in policing their own citizens. It worked perfectly. Humans showed themselves to be surprisingly subservient when faced with overwhelming force, their machines and AIs even more so. Occupation was completed with an ease that our most optimistic military planners could not imagine. Head away, we were more stunned than the humans. No gruding resistance, we expected. No futile struggle to the end. Unlike their fleets, which knew no concept of surrender. Peace Negotiations The front of our council, seated in a comfortable-looking chair, was surprisingly young human male but it was likely so due to the anti-aging technology. Next to him stood what we presumed was also a young-looking female. "'Greetings, gentlemen. It is our pleasure to meet you all,' he spoke while we stood, looking him down from a superior, elevated position, the traditional approach of our civilization when it came to the rules of surrender." You agree to our conditions, our patriarch spoke, his voice littered with confidence afforded by our recent stunning victory. All things considered, this is actually a rather favorable deal for mankind, he replied cheerfully, to our light surprise. We never actually expected them to receive our defeat so humbly. Indeed, answered the patriarch. You'll find out that we are a pragmatic race, after all. The civilian population can't testify to that much. In truth, we only required for our soldiers to stay where they were and keep on the occupation for an unspecified time period, adding a few favorable trail deals for us, naturally. The economy was vital to every species functioning after all. When it comes to enemy fleet, we will deem it ridiculous to force them to demolish it, such a request might force them to do something desperate. We did not want to risk it. Instead, it treaty obligated their military fleet to fight on our side if the needs arised. Total subjugation, indeed. But then the human spoke. There was just one thing, really. Well, it was only expected that they would try and sway the deal, a away a little. After all, their fleet was still virtually intact. What thing? Well, members of your race are stationed on our worlds. As you can imagine, it presents a substantial expenditure to feed and provide for all of them. Even more so if we take in the account that they are to stay for an unspecified period of time. He was making a good point, and rather a fair point. Now, when their civilization was under constant occupation, it might be highly unrealistic for them to be able to perfectly provide for our warrior class. Understandable, answered the Patriarch. We will take care of any expenses regarding their requirements, as long as they are occupying your planets. Perfect. The wide smile escaped the young human. Was he truly worried his people might starve due to the lack of resources, or something similar? I am glad you two could personally witness the pragmatism of my race, replied the patriarch. Absolutely. He shook his head. I must admit, I was rather worried about how all of this would play out. This deal means a lot for mankind as a whole. On that, uh, we agree. Sorry, it had to end this way. Diplomatic skills of our patriarch are truly amazing. Trying to ease the defeat of the human. Nonsense. Nothing to be sorry about. Disputes are an everyday part of life. I'm glad you answered our call so quickly and put us such a significant into solving it. What exactly do you mean? Cheerfully, tone of voice, this human was was partially confusing our patriarch. Even he did not expect this level of positive reaction from the human representative. Isn't it obvious? You yourself present the highest political authority of your species to think that you would personally arrive here to lead these negotiations. It really shows how serious your species is about upholding your end of the bargain. Oh, so that's why. Humans were afraid we might turn on our word, send some low-level diplomat, and use that as an excuse to nullify the agreement at a later date. Dishonor, our treaty possibly turn genocidal. You can rest assured, I give my word, that as long as you keep your end of the deal, nothing bad will happen. With those final words, our entire committee personally signed the peace deal, took their copy, and left the room. After the doors closed, everything was silent for a dozen seconds. After the door closed, everything was silent for a dozen seconds or so, until yeah, the young man screamed out of depths of his lungs, and the girl next to him was clapping. His honor, can you freaking believe it, Stacy? I've done it. I've saved mankind. He turned towards the girl, Daniel. Don't know what to say. It all happened too quickly. It still seems unreal. The girl was now shaking, but it is real as it gets, sassy grin all over his face. The girl's hands were now twitching, her eyes weary. They did not even mention any incident. I thought that they would be furious about, but she was interrupted by Daniel. The recent terrorist attack on the patriarch xenophobes that killed a dozen chryzals, he clarified. Yeah. I was terrified about how they might uh, react. I, um, uh, indeed, they did not even mention it. Though I did hear from the authorities that Grizzles tracked the terrorist cell on their own and called out police forces to imprison all the members. Thank God, I was nervous that they would go berserk about it. Stacy allowed herself to breathe out a heavy sigh. David took her and a bit awkwardly. It's all right. Just calm down. It's all over. It's just that they arrived so suddenly, like, uh, it hasn't even been a week, and all of them will be staying for an unspecified amount of time. She took a few steps away. Well, uh, they must really like it, there. he shrugged his shoulders. Stop joking. All the planets are completely occupied, she spoke, slight worry in her voice. We are operating way above our capacity, sustaining hundreds of trillions of their own. It is a daunting task. Oh, Stacy, dear Stacy, a slight smile creeping on Daniel's face. You are a freaking logistical wizard, but you worry too much. He took a few towards her. Their patriarch, literally the patriarch himself, just stood there in front of you and said that they would cover all expenses. Her eyes lightened. The realization that the deal was indeed struck flashed all over her face. Only now she realized it was all real. You're right, Daniel. It was just under so much stress the entire month. And last week, it was a literal hell. Stacy, I understand. You just witnessed history. We saved the entire Terran economy from total collapse. It was on the brink, but we managed. She simply looked at him and smiled, then winked. So, uh, what do you say we go and celebrate this? Absolutely. fucking lutely He poured a bottle of wine that he had been preserving for just this occasion. After all, he spoke with haste, seductively looking at her. It's not every day your travel agency gets trillions of new customers willing to visit Terran space and revitalize our economy. That last freaking war against those two empires was expensive. Mankind really needed this. Stacy just smiled, to think that Krizul's Imperium would go through us personally to reserve every available hotel and apartment in the entirety of Terran space. I can't believe it. Eh, yeah, my darling, Daniel said while opening the wine bottle. I knew this would pay off the moment the AIs contacted us. Really? She moved her hair over his shoulder, teasing him with a bit of a slight touch with her hand. How so? ''Those guys have never heard of the concept of tourism before. It was like selling an ice cream to a rich kid that has never ate it. And do not let me start talking about the number of tickets I sold for them cruise ships. They were absolutely thrilled with the idea of some of our own ships carrying their people to our planets.'' Wow, well, Stacy said, ''and you actually managed to convince our own government to give you negotiating rights.'' ''Are you kidding?'' answered Daniel. ''Our economy was so exhausted that this tourism deal with the Krizils was their only chance of saving it.'' ''Of course, they were willing to give me the authority to agree on some pesky trade concessions with the Krizils.'' ''It's nothing compared to what we get by having all of our tourist capacities filled all over the year.'' ''Hell, the tourism is now officially by far the strongest branch of the Terran Union's economy.'' Even the part where our military fleet is obliged to respond and help them in any conflict? Her voice was a bit hesitant. David took a sip of the wine, then continued, (laughs) Oh, the President and the Generals were insisting I propose it, even before the Krizils requested it. We can't let anybody think they can mess with our only trade partner. Obviously. And that is the story of how the founder of Terra Travels Company and his girlfriend Stacy were able to broker the economic deal of the history with the Krizil's Imperium, as it was the first major peace deal humanity was ever able to broker with another race. It seemed only fitting to name it THE Peace Deal. A time of true peace and prosperity between the Krizil's Imperium and the Terran Union was just about to start. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one. And until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.